Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with somebody who has a deep and abiding love for one Andrew Lloyd Webber. That is Mamie Paris, who has starred on Broadway in both School of Rock and Cats, and will be bringing a concert, Surrender, colon, an Andrew Lloyd Webber thrill ride to the Green Room 42 for two performances, first on October 19th and then November 6th. In our conversation, Mamie and I talk about her first encounter with Andrew Lloyd Webber music, which started with a two-cassette original Broadway cast recording of Cats that she found in a box at 12 years old, and a sense carried her on through two Broadway productions, as well as the U.S. premiere of Unmasked at Paper Mill Playhouse, which is a review of Andrew Lloyd Webber's songs. Mamie, who has earned the right to call ALW Andrew by his first name, which seems nearly blasphemous to me, talks about what it's like to actually work with him both in an audition room and to craft songs for a new musical. We dive into what the hell is actually going on in the musical Cats, and she tells a story about Andrew Lloyd Webber wearing a Hawaiian shirt and jeans absolutely blew my mind. Of course, in the show notes, we will have information on where you can purchase tickets to see Surrender and Andrew Lloyd Webber Thrill Ride at the Green Room 42 on October 19th and November 6th. So with all of that out of the way, here's my conversation with the incredibly talented and delightful Mamie Paris. Okay, I, can we just put one thing to rest that has been weighing on my mind for decades? What is actually going on with Jellicle Cats? Like, are they all just miserable and competing for, like, the sweet relief of death? Or are they already dead and fighting for a chance to get out of purgatory? Or, I mean, I think what the uh, my answer is is that it doesn't really matter. It's cats. Just go with it. But, like, from your perspective, having led that show for so long on Broadway, what's the deal? You know, it's, it does have a very M. Night Shyamalan vibe to it, doesn't it? Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. something we don't know that's going on and you're just waiting for somebody to like open a door and it'll all the questions will be answered. Um, but I'm with you. I'm like, to me, I just think it's a really cool avant-garde piece. And I'm like, they're cast. Just like go with it. And I read in a really great interview and I don't remember who it was. So this is, you know, who knows where I got it from. But I read something about where they asked Andrew Lloyd Webber when Cass first came out, like, what does this represent? You know, what is this? What are we talking about? Are we talking about the monarchy? Are we talking about this? Are we talking about, you know, war and this? And he's like, it's about cats. It's about cats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm with you. I think it's it's, it's about cats. I don't know. <laughs> and I think, honestly, like, that's the it, it's a it's a it's a musical based on like silly poems like don't go in trying to think too much like it's just a spectacular for your you know for all your senses your eyes your ears everything so like just enjoy it it's it's not that complicated just just go with it but um, I agree yeah your concert which has a great name that I actually want to dive dive into here but is surrender and Andrew Lloyd Webber thrill ride. Someone for someone like you who has been in multiple ALW shows from different eras in his writing career, because, you know, Cats kind of comes at the beginning of a middle period, as far as I'm concerned. And then obviously School of Rock is a much more modern period. What is it about ALW's music that is thrilling for you? I, I know that a lot of people have said he's kind of ushered in an era with some very, very high ranges for women. But that is kind of thrilling, too. But I also imagine uh, a little challenging for vocalists. You know, I think that's interesting that some people would say he ushered in the era of those kind of high thrilling sounds for women, because one thing that I, I love about singing Andrew Lloyd Webber is that 
I mean, he's a true, he's a, a genius composer. And working with him one-on-one, -on -one, I could say I've seen it in action. The way his mind works is so unique and really so brilliant when it comes to creating music and bringing the things he imagines to life, you know. Um, I think the, the exciting thing about a composer like Andrew Lloyd Webber, and one of the reasons I love working with him and singing his music is because he knows how to make a score exciting and a song exciting without necessarily overtaxing his performers. Now, there okay. are, of course, some very taxing songs out there. If you look at Evita, if yeah. you look at some of the stuff, you know, there are some really high things. There are some, but he is very trusting of his vocalists. And he, you know, working with him when we were developing School of Rock um, on Broadway, he was he could come up to me and say, hey, would you sing this? Would you sing X, Y, and Z? You know, why, why don't you throw in this in there? And he never asked me like, hey, can you do this? Would you would you mind belting the E when you get to? He never asked me that because he could hear in my voice what I was capable of. And so he just asked me to do what I was capable of. And I really, as a singer, appreciated that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's that has to be kind of like the dream, working with a legendary composer who is able to not put you in an awkward position uh, to have to say, yeah. okay, yeah, I'll do it. But he can hear it. And he just understood naturally whether or not it was something that would be sustainable long term or not. Exactly, exactly. And I think he's, you know, he's very capable of making uh, something sound thrilling that isn't necessarily going to kill you nightly, you know, as opposed to, I, I develop a lot of new musicals now. I love working with composers. I love developing new things. But sometimes there is a trend in modern musical theater where if it's not sounding exciting enough, they want to just bump it up a step, bump it up two steps, bump it up three steps until your singer is screaming and dying. And it's like, you know, I think, I think as a writer, if you want it to sound thrilling, you, you got to start by creating something thrilling <laughs> and then adding the voice on top of it is just going to give yeah. it that whole new exciting layer. But you can't can't put it all on the singer. That's just that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. So when you sit down to start crafting an evening of ALW songs, how do you kind of create that? thrilling ride. I mean, because there's so many big belty numbers, some very iconic numbers as well. But I imagine that you're going to try to tell a story with these songs as well. So how do you kind of figure out, okay, when do I go big? When do I pull it back? When do I go with the ballad? When do I go with something a little bit more powerful? How do you kind of navigate your way through his incredible archive of songs to kind of create a thrill ride of your own? You know, you're right. It would be very easy to like just throw some great Andrew Lloyd Webber songs together and call it. Yeah. It would be easy to do. He's written so many things that are so iconic. Um, I was very fortunate that Ben Rimmelauer, who's directing this project for me, came to me with this piece almost entirely intact. He came oh, wow. to me and said, look, I have this piece. It's something I've been dreaming of for years and I've been, you know, massaging it and finessing it as I go. And I really think it would be a great collaboration. And so with his outline, with the songs that he kind of went in with, we've changed a few things. We've moved a couple of things. But overall, it really is Ben's vision. I have to give him tons of credit for that because he's done a beautiful job of really creating a piece that um, doesn't stay, you know, at, a, at an 11 the entire time. And we mm -hmm. are able to kind of rediscover some songs that even Lloyd Webber fans might have gone, oh, I forgot about that piece. You know, there are some hidden gems from Aspects of Love, from Song and Dance that are not as well known that really lend themselves to a beautiful story, to a beautiful through line with some of his bigger, more recognizable songs. 
So there will be times when you've got some very exciting sounds coming at your face, very close proximity. <laughs> and then there will be some times where it's lovely to sit and listen to a, a wonderful story being told. So that's our goal is to really find that happy medium, that balance. And I think we've done it. So you're talking about some kind of hidden gems. Do you have a favorite? I mean, I, I, it's hard, even though he has, you know, some shows that are, like you mentioned, some almost like B-sides of some of the big songs from shows. But like, do you have a favorite underrated ALW song, whether it's in the concert or not? Hmm, underrated. I mean, I think that could go for so many things. You know, a song like some of his most recognizable stuff, like like Starlight Express, like the theme from Starlight Express. You know, when we picture Starlight Express and we think of like, they were roller skating and it was so 80s excess and so absurd in so many ways. And you hear this theme and it's repetitive and it's like, you just like, yeah, 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 that's Starlight Express. But when you actually dive into that piece, like that song is kind of ingenious in so many ways. The hook is so good. It builds and builds. It's very exciting. It introduces you to a world really quite quickly and remarkably well. So there are things like that that are so recognizable that it's interesting to look at in, in new ways and go, oh yeah, I don't think that song is as appreciated as it could be. Um, and then I think there are smaller pieces, you know, there's a song from Song and Dance called Nothing Like You've Ever Known that has just become, as I've been working on it, one of my favorites uh, in his catalog because it's just so subtle in the way it hits you and washes over you musically, lyrically, it's just a really beautiful piece. So I think I think there's room for kind of the big things and the little things that that are surprising when you actually sit and listen to them and don't assume things. Just kind of like you said about cats, you know, I always used to say people love to come into cats with this preconceived notion because it was a smash hit. Everybody saw it. It was so iconic and so of the time of the moment in the 80s. But really, when you think about it, is one of the most avant-garde theater pieces ever written, certainly in the 20th century, you know, and if you just sit back and look at it as the piece it is, you discover all kinds of new and interesting things that you might not have discovered had you just, you know, gone in guns blazing. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that makes perfect sense. And I love the the story that is part of like all of the press materials here about like you discovering cats for the first time when when you were a kid. Is it was that really that like the first exposure you had to ALW? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was the first one of the first exposures I've ever had I ever had to musical theater. Um, I think it was that and like chorus line. Both were just kind of found items like course line I got at a garage sale for 25 cents cats came to me from the lost and found like it was so serendipitous in so many ways so yeah cats was an early discovery for me and I just loved that music I mean I'm not kidding I was that kid I would sing and dance in my room to it it's cats has been a part of my life for a long long time so that's uh, that's amazing and so when you get to play Grizabella on Broadway like one of the most iconic roles in musical theater, let alone in, in ALW's canon, like singing, you know, that song, like the song from the show. What was that? What were the emotions like for that? I have to imagine like that was quite the full circle moment. <laughs> it really was in so many ways, because, you know, not only did it, was it one of the first musical theater, you know, uh, albums I ever discovered at the first ALW for sure. But I also bartended at Cats, the broad at, at Winter oh Garden God. Theater when I was in college. 
<laughs> in wow. order to make some pocket change so I could afford to eat. I was in the back of the house pouring sodas during the Jellicle Ball. So I have seen this show many, many times. So it really was. And I remember, you know, I remember when we put, because of course, School of Rock went into the Winter Garden Theater. And our first day at the theater, you know, they take you on kind of a tour and show you where everything is. And I happened to be walking on stage with Andrew, with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I said, Andrew, and I said, there's, see that little, that box at the back of the theater, that's the bar, it's all closed up. And I said, you know, I used to pour sodas back there. And and I think it was, it was Andrew who said something like, oh, well, you've, you've certainly come quite a long way, haven't you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I really have. And that was pre-Cats. So I'm just very grateful that, you know, when Cats came along for me, when the Broadway production came along for me, it all happened so fast and it was so unexpected. You know, I was, I still had time on my contract for School of Rock. Yeah. So this was not something that was in my purview, that was not on my list of things like, I want to get into cats right now. Um, I was still focused on negotiating the next year at School of Rock and sticking around. And and this kind of came up pretty quickly. And they said, can you go in and sing? And next thing I knew, it was, can you start in a week? And you have four rehearsals and you're in the show. Oh it was so fast that I luckily didn't have time to sit and really mull it over because I think it would have... I would have gotten very nervous. I would have felt a great responsibility. But fortunately, at the time, it was just, let's get here. Let's live in the moment. Let's do this show. And I was on stage with an audience before you knew it. And I think it was at some point in that first week of shows when I'm standing on stage, because it's, I, it is momentous to walk out and sing memory in front of this audience. It's it, yeah. you, there's no one breathes. No one in that theater breathes. It's wild and so there were plenty of moments when i was on stage that i actually was able to absorb it and go this is this is pretty phenomenal this is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me in my life and it will stay that way for sure i mean i guess it's probably a good thing that you watched this show so many times from the back of the house i mean you didn't need that much rehearsal i would imagine uh so uh, so that's a little bit of a, <laughs> you know, it's a so nice true. little benefit it's so true when i was learning uh you know my entrance into the jellicle ball the little broken doll dance and all that and the our choreographer was giving me names of things you know it's this year you're going to come out we call this shutters and i said i'm just going to call this soda gun because this is when i was allowed to start my soda gun in the back of the house <laughs> <laughs> So That's there were funny. little moments like that that I thought, oh, yeah, I'm glad I have this background. I know the show pretty well. You you mentioned walking on stage and you you said that you call him Andrew. Like to me, because I have never worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber, obviously, uh, calling him by his first name. That seems weird. Is that awkward the first time? I mean, like I know he's a human being, but like he's also the right honorable Lord Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber or whatever it is like that's That seems <laughs> odd to me to call him Andrew, let alone maybe Andy. You know, maybe maybe Andy would be. Uh, right. Weirder, exactly. But, you know. Hey, Andy. Yeah, I don't think I'd try that. No, <laughs> I think, you know, it's it's always one of those things that just kind of grows out of building a, a working relationship. And I, my working relationship with ben, with him has been so um, has been going on for a while and got more and more comfortable because working with him developing School of Rock when we moved to Broadway was a really exciting thing for me. And because they really didn't know at the time what to do with my character, you know, it's it's so hard when you have a character like that that needs to be there. She's a villain, but the show is not about her. <laughs> you got to get to the people it's yeah. about. So what I was going to sing in the show changed constantly, which meant there was a lot of time with just me and Andrew at the piano. 
with him saying, why don't you try this? What if we started at the bridge? And then you, you know, what if we, what if we get, you know, and, and he was very collaborative in that aspect. I could say, what if we started here? What if we, you know, so I think we developed this good, comfortable working relationship there that really has translated going forward. Because of, of course, then after School of Broadcaster Cats, I got to work with him again when we did Unmasked at Paper Mill right. Playhouse which was really, really great to see him kind of develop that as well. So we've developed this lovely, comfortable working relationship and, and I really enjoy him. I think he's great to work with and, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed my experiences so far. You, you mentioned Paper Mill's uh, production of Unmasked, which had a, a fantastic cast. You've now done two shows uh, of ALWs on Broadway. If there was a song, whether it's in this concert or not, that you would want to sing with somebody else that maybe you haven't in the past is there is there something and someone a duet partner uh, a man or a woman that you would want to do an alw number with oh my goodness of course like i how long of a list can it be there's so many <laughs> i mean you know there's so many singers who've made andrew lloyd weber who who iconically are part of that Andrew Lloyd Webber catalog from Michael Crawford to Sarah Brightman to, you know, our own diva Lapone, Lupone. So like, yeah. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. I loved Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard. Um, I think that would, that would be fun to do. I would love to sing a sunset duet with Glenn. Yes. <laughs> I think that's fair. But there are so many, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Uh, I think Glenn Close is a good place to start. Uh, you know, and it's funny because I was <laughs> I heard I heard that song on Spotify or Sirius uh, XM. I don't even remember which song it was. One of her songs from from Sedson. And like you forget that Glenn Close like did that like that uh, that performance. The vocals were incredible because you think of her as this serious dramatic actress in TV and film. And then like oh yeah, she's done this not once but twice on Broadway and really hasn't done a ton of other musicals. I think she did like a filmed South Pacific or something or, or a stage South Pacific, oh, yeah, but like for right. the most, but for the most part, like she doesn't do that. So like, I think you kind of forget how incredible she was in that show. Exactly. And, you know, I think I, she and I probably, I would assume, I don't know Glenn, I'd love to meet her, but I think we approach the material from a similar place. Like as a, as a singer, I always consider myself an actress first. And I feel like the most important thing is to tell the story and evoke um, the, the feeling, you know, what what we want to bring across the, to make the story that much um, more moving, that much more affecting. Uh, so I think coming from an actor's approach as a singer, I, it really lends itself well to these lush scores that Andrew Lloyd Webber writes. I think it really goes hand in hand. And these big stories, you know, Andrew loves to compose music for big, big stories, Jesus Christ Superstar and Sunset Boulevard, you know. So I think coming at it from a real actor's approach helps the material. And I think that's one of the reasons I connect with her performance so much. How do you do that in a concert like this when you don't have the benefit of having the script and the entire story and it's building up to these songs when they are little bit of pockets, which I'm sure maybe there is some some explanation or some some banter in between. But like. Do you does that change? Like, do you try to put it in the context of the show that the song comes from, or do you just create a world based off of the song itself and live in that moment rather than in the moment of the entire show that the song originated in? I think yes and yes, honestly, Matt. It's <laughs> it's a little bit of sometimes one, it's sometimes one and sometimes the other. And honestly, it's one of the reasons I love performing it in concert. I love coming in just singing these pieces because 
I, I, one of my greatest joy in life is to become someone else. I love creating a character. I love becoming. So something like this allows me to do this. I mean, I have what, 19 songs in the show. I get to do this 19 oh times. I get to create a new world and a new person every time I start a new song. And sometimes they're related and sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're true to the context of the original piece. And sometimes they're standalone story. But I feel it's important as a performer to not just go out there and sing this beautiful song, but to really try and tell the story with it, whatever that story is. And sometimes it's just a moment of heartbreak or a moment of discovery or a moment of excitement. But I want I want to create a world with every one of these songs that I sing. And I want to be able for the audience to feel like they can immerse themselves in that world for two minutes, for four minutes, for 30 seconds at a time, whatever it is, so that they can really go on that journey with me. It's it's one of the reasons, you know, concerts like this can be exhausting, but are worth yeah. every second because that's something as thrilling as it is to do a show eight times a week. You're one character going on one journey, generally. Sometimes you play multiple characters, but you know, you you have this one through line, this one arc that you are responsible for creating and presenting. And I think doing something like this allows me to do that over and over and over. It's like, it really is bringing it back to cats. It's like having 19 lives, you know? And I just get to live them one after another after another. It's exciting. Yeah. And you get to fly up to the heavens on a giant tire at the end of each one of them. So there you That's go. right. I, I wish we had that budget. I would love to I do that. Uh, that <laughs> might not work for the uh, fly space at the Green Room 42, but um, I'll, I'll wrap it up. I could probably just get on a ladder and be there. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Wear like an inflatable tube around your around your waist and that can that can serve the purpose. Um, I'll wrap it up with a couple of questions exactly. here. We like I said earlier, like it's hard to imagine. I think for musical theater fans who have revered him for decades at this point, I mean, getting close to half a cent, you know, probably more than half a century at this point, uh, to think of Andrew Lloyd Webber as a human being. So, do you have a story that just kind of sticks out in your mind to be like, oh right, he's he's just a guy, like, and and you know that that throughout all of the collaborations that you've had with him, that just kind of reminded you that while he is a Mount Rushmore figure in the world of musical theater that he is just somebody who loves this art form with everything that he has and, and enjoys creating in this sandbox. <laughs> I'll tell you, I have two that are kind of, you know, they're, they're little small moments. It's not one big funny story, but they're little small moments yeah. that to me really humanized him in a lovely way. And one was one of my auditions where I was in a room with him and I had been in a room with him, I think twice, two or three times at this point already. And they'd asked me to come in one more time for a little work session kind of thing. And uh, I came in and it was Lawrence Connor came up from the table and said hi. And then Andrew came out from the table. And previously I'd like shaken his hand. I had not been around him, but he came up and he was in like a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> like no a way. I, I don't believe Hawaiian it. Shirt. I don't. And believe I want to say jeans, maybe jeans. And he came out around the table and he came right for me and enveloped me in this big hug and said, oh, thank you so much for coming back in. You know, we appreciate, thank you so much for coming back, you know, and just really gave me a warm, warm hug. And then I got to go do the material and it was so cool to just be like, hey, it's that guy, he's so nice. And then yeah. one of the second times was when we were in um, tech or maybe in previews for School of Rock. And one of the songs I was singing was kind of changing again. We were making cuts, we were figuring it out. And he wanted something a little different from the orchestra, from our band than what he was getting. And he couldn't quite 
he was telling somebody, he was telling his assistant, he couldn't quite vocalize it. So he took me and he's like, let's go downstairs, let's go downstairs. So we just wandered down to the theater. And I think everybody was kind of on break. Like nobody came with us. There was no handler. There was no, it was just Andrew and me going down to the band room with the band and our conductor. And he said, you know, what if we start here? And what if the guitar, what if you, you know, and he's like humming. And then, and you're going to go from the da 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 and it's like a D to a C and then, you know, and he's kind of sketching out what he wants. Almost like you would with like if you had a rock band, like and then you over here, you know, what is the bass and you come in on the three, just don't start until the three, you know, and he's kind of directing traffic. And then he said, okay, now and sing with him. And so I would sing a little bit and we just kind of created it downstairs in the band room. And it was just another moment of like, of humanizing this person that we know on such a grand scale. And here I was in the room with him going, oh, he's just, he's a musician. He's just yeah. a musician and he just wants to make music. And it's, it's awesome to be around. That was just a really cool moment. And then there's another story that I won't go into here, but for folks who come to see the show, there's a really great story about recording the cast album for School of Rock that really puts him in a, in a cool light. So that's one that I'll save for the show, yeah. for the ticket holders. That's a very good tease. Well done. Uh, ben, I'm sure will be very appreciative <laughs> of that. Um, also, just the mental image of Andrew Lloyd Webber in a Hawaiian shirt and jeans is something that I don't think I will ever get over. So thank you for that. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll wrap it up. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so I will will wrap it up here. You said you have 19 songs in this concert, which is uh, incredible. <laughs> is there a moment, whether it's- But it like, is not. Whether, it's not four and a half hours long, I swear. Sometimes yeah. they're, they're brief. They're brief. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, because uh, ALW does know how to write a long song. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that you have trimmed yes. it as necessary. But is there a moment, whether it's like a whole song or not, or like even just a, a little musical phrase, that as you are preparing this, you're like, I can't wait to do this in front of an audience. It doesn't have to be the whole, a whole song. It can be a moment, just a little thing, or maybe it is a whole yes. song, or maybe it's a series of songs. Yes. There are several things, but there is one in particular that I cannot tell you about. In fact, there are two in particular that are big okay. surprises that I cannot tell you about because they will come out of left field. And for, you know, real, for musical theater fans, for Andrew Lloyd Webber fans, for Mamie Paris fans, their people's heads are going to explode a little bit. And I think <laughs> they're both surprise moments that I just, every time I rehearse them, I get such joy out of knowing how unexpected these moments are. I think those are two things I'm really looking forward to. And then there are just some songs that are in his canon, you know, like I said, nothing like you've ever known. I look forward to singing Starlight Express. I look forward to singing. We have a, a small Anavita section that there are just some songs that I haven't sung that I'm really, really looking forward to. Tell me on a Sunday. I've never sung Tell Me on a Sunday until this concert. Really? And so there, no, I never have, not in school. I mean, of course I knew it. Of course I've sung it probably in my shower, but I've <laughs> in front of an audience. So there are moments like that, but I'm really excited for these little surprise moments that I think people will really, really enjoy. It's going to be, a, when I tell you, it's going to be a great show. And I know that sounds a little pat on the back because it's my show, but I have Brian Nash at the piano doing all these incredible things. And then has come, Ben Rimmelauer came up with this concept that is just, it is, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a really great show. So I hope people come out and see one of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And we will have all of the information on where people can get tickets and, and all of that stuff in the show notes if they want to check that out. But Mamie, thank you so much for sharing all this. This has been delightful. And uh, I wish you all the luck with both of the nights of the show. And hopefully this is something that maybe you can keep doing uh, even more in the future, because it sounds like that relationship, not only with Andrew Lloyd Webber's music, but with him as a person is really special for you. And so I hope that many, many people have the opportunity to check this out and hear all the stories and all the songs. 
I certainly hope so as well, because it's, it's going to be fun to do. And I, I think it, it could be fun to continue to do here and there in the future. So I hope a lot of people get to see it. And thank you so much for having me on. This has been great.